0: The OTB Podcast Network with Virgin Media. Catch all of the UEFA Champions League and Europa League games live on Virgin Media TV.
1: Paddy Power. As much a part of Irish football as celebrating a home draw.
0: Time for us to have a look at football. We'll be looking back in the FA Cup final. Mikel Arteta getting his first silverware as Arsenal manager. Uh, their number 14, proving the crucial player as they landed their 14th FA Cup title. Uh, but will Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang be staying at Arsenal beyond next summer? We'll also be looking forward to what's going to be a very interesting period ahead in the Champions League and Europa League, including that huge game tomorrow between Man City and the champions of Spain, Real Madrid. I'm delighted to say we're joined on the line by Republic of Ireland legend John Giles. John, good evening to you Good evening Will um, John, we'll start with the FA Cup final because I heard you talking to Nathan last week you were sweet enough on Chelsea's chances going into yeah. that derby against Arsenal but even by Frank Lampard's own omission they were really off it last Saturday night
1: I was very, very disappointed in them Will I did tip them I fancied them strongly to be quite honest uh, I didn't think Arsenal would be there uh, they started off well, got a goal uh, and then went to bits and to be fair to Arsenal they did, they did pick it up but I... I, I I have to say, with Frank Lampard, he's done a good job, but he needs to get a defence. I thought the two centre backs, Zuma and Rudiger, were very, very poor. And they have lost a lot of goals as well, and they need a goalkeeper. You know, Kepa hasn't, but they spent a lot of money on him, so he's a bit of work to do. I think he's done quite well so far, but I was very, very disappointed in their response arsenal coming back at them last week they were really really poor
0: yeah because all the money they've been spending so far john has been about the attack they've brought in zh they've brought in timo Werner, yes. they might bring in kai havertz but i would imagine a lot of work is needed on the back line and Kepa, Kepa has become a major issue i know willy Caballero was in goal for the fa cup final yes. last week but keppa was bang out of form even going into the last few weeks of the season
1: yeah i don't think he's done it since he since he, he got there will to be honest you know uh, I don't think his, his form has been, has been great since he's come to the club he doesn't i spent a lot of money on him what did they spend about 70 million or something yeah, didn't
0: they we a record for a goalkeeper I think before Alisson and a
1: huge him. disappointment you know when you consider that, that uh, you know the, 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 the goalkeeper Liverpool got Manchester City City got uh, you know terrific got really really worth the money uh, this lad hasn't so he's got, he's got a job to do there with the, 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 the centre defenders and the goalkeeper which is a lot it's a lot to do yeah. But uh, very, very disappointed.
0: Difficult positions to try and recruit in too. Not as if there's a whole lot of options around uh, for centre-backs or top goalkeepers. Mm. For Arsenal, John, this is a big lift, isn't it? Because this season was, if they'd lost the final, it's a miserable-looking season. They've gone through three different managers and they failed to qualify for the Europa League or Champions League if they hadn't won last Saturday. Mm. This bought their ticket into Europe and it brings a trophy for Mikel Arteta. Have you been impressed at his management job at Arsenal so far?
1: Yeah, I think he's done a good job so far in mean, very, very difficult circumstances. You know, he inherited a lot of trouble. Ozil for one. I don't think he was even in the country last week. So that's still a problem with him. He's got Bami Yang now, uh, who is, I think he's 31, I believe, Will. He is. And he's very, very good. He, he, you know, he, he actually scored, won the world, sorry, won the cup for them. Uh, now, what are they going to do? You know, his he's, he's contract is up next year, he's 31. Uh, he's in a very strong position to demand a, a, a big contract. Uh, are they going to give it to him? Uh, it's, it's, it's going to be difficult to know. You know, Arteta's got to get the backing now of the board. I think whatever he wants now, they're going to have to give it to him because he's going to be free next year. Uh, players don't commit themselves, I don't think, when they're going to be uh, out of contract at the end of the season. And they need him really, really badly.
0: Yeah, I get the feeling they have to keep Aubameyang because at this point... He's scoring more than a goal a game. I think he's got over 50 goals and 80-odd appearances in the Premier League. He showed his composure with the way he finished against Man City in the semi-final and then that gorgeous chip in the final against Chelsea. That's the type of quality that Arsenal will probably struggle to attract in, John.
1: Definitely. They're in a very, very difficult position because they've been a bit wary about paying anybody big money like they gave Ozil. But obviously, this fella's done more than Ozil ever did. Uh, at Arsenal so they're in a, a difficult position do they do the same thing again uh, and he's 31 is he still going to do it uh, I, you know I think they have to do it I think the fans will demand it I think they'll have to do it and as long as uh, Bangham keeps performing uh, the way he has done he, he, we've seen with players before uh, Will you know they get the contract and then they put the feet up Now, I'm not saying he's going to do that, but it's always a temptation to do it. I've seen it so many times that they play play their boots off, to get the contract, get the contract, and then they don't try as hard anymore. So that's what they have to judge at this particular stage with Aubameyang.
0: It is a risk, I suppose, in terms of the age profile as well, John. William, reportedly, is going to sign from Chelsea on a three-year contract. Chelsea only wants to give him two. He's 32 years of age. Aubameyang is looking for a two- or three-year contract, probably bumper wages. They've given David Luiz a contract extension. He's the wrong side of 30. After a while, you know, these guys become expensive when, in theory, their career is going to be on the decline.
1: Yeah, well, they've got to keep doing it. You know, are they going to do it? This is the, this is the problem, you see, Will. You know, they get the big contract, and we've seen it so many times before, you know, fella and then he stops playing because he knows he has... Well, Ozil did it, and, uh, you know, he got the big contract, and that was the end of it. Uh, he hasn't play, hasn't kicked the ball since. Now, it depends what character, type of character Aubameyang is and the other players that, that's in that position. But I don't think they're going to have any choice. I think he's holding all the cards, Aubameyang, because the, the fans will go mad uh, if they let him go. And... Uh, if he doesn't do what's needed to be done and, he, and, and he, he eases down a bit, they're going to be in trouble there. So it's a very difficult one for them.
0: An Arsenal great favourite in Ian Wright has been speaking this evening about the decision that Arsenal took yesterday where they've decided to let 55 of their staff go because of COVID-19. Um, I think this seems particularly galling for some Arsenal fans and quite sad as well, John, when you consider that they've got a billionaire main owner in mm-hmm. Stan Kroenke. They're paying people like Mesut Ozil Uh, £300,000 a week to sit at home and not even be involved in the squad at the moment. And here's 55 people who are probably earning very little at the club and they've now lost their jobs during this pandemic.
1: Oh, it's dreadful. It's dreadful. There's no excuse for it. Uh, The amount of money that they're spending on the players and and in relation to to that type of situation, uh, it's peanuts. Um, But remember, Liverpool tried it. Well...
0: Yeah, and it was a No, they were yeah. going
1: to lay off a thing, and, and, and they changed their mind because of the response actually from the supporters because most of the supporters in football clubs whether it be Liverpool or Arsenal are working class people themselves and they don't like working class people which most of those lads are working for, uh, for Arsenal or Liverpool are, are, are going to lose their jobs yeah. it's not like well I think it, they weren't losing their jobs at Liverpool I think they were furloughed but they, they were going, the government was spending money uh, and that was it but it's, it's shameful, to say the least, that a club like Arsenal, who have the money and spent the money and are talking about giving Aubameyang, you know, 300 grand, probably 300 grand a week, that they can uh, lay people off. I, I think it's very, very bad form. I don't think it'll happen. I think the, the supporters will react against this, Will.
0: Mm. In terms of a man who lost his job, who was very popular with a set of supporters, Eddie Howe at Bournemouth, um, has stepped away after their relegation from the Premier League back down to the Championship. Uh, quite remarkable, you know, last five or six years that he's had in charge. You know, took over when they weren't in the best of spots, got them up through the Championship, into the Premier League, and they were a steady Premier League team over the last few years. Eventually, I guess time caught up with them somewhat this year, and they went down from the Premier League. But uh, Eddie Howe can probably feel you know, quite. Un- it's quite unfortunate for him that this marriage with Bournemouth has ended the way it has.
1: Yeah, I, I, I feel sorry for him. I think he's done a great job. Uh, but uh, will to be honest but there's always a possibility that when you're performing miracles which I think he did to, to, to do what he did in the, that it's going to come at you somewhere along the line and uh, you know it, Big Jack the uh, late uh, Jack Charlton used to say to me uh, don't say any longer than three years because fans get it used to you and if you're performing miracles they expect it every year and the year it's happened to Eddie how there's no doubt that it's caught up with him it's caught up with him and uh, I think I don't know whether he resigned or whether he was sacked. Well, I mean, what the, I think they came to a conclusion that uh, maybe he was paid off by his uh, from his side that he was paid off to do it. But I, I'm sure they could have kept him if they'd wanted to keep him. To be honest, but maybe they were generous. They let him go and felt that it was when you do what he's done for the number of years that he's done, it's going to happen. Well, it's going to happen. And he performed miracles to do what he's done. What he he should have done, in my opinion, about two or three years ago, go somewhere else. Just go somewhere else. In other words, I've done my stuff there, get on with the job. And with the reputation he had, it it wouldn't be too long about getting another job.
0: Yeah, because the stock was very high. I mean, I remember when... Arsenal were looking at Arsene Wenger going into the last year of his contract. Eddie Howe was one of those guys Mm. who was being linked with the position, probably because the type of football that Bournemouth play would have probably uh, sat quite nicely with the way things go at the Emirates. His stock has maybe taken a bit of a knock, John, given that he's now been part of a relegated team. But I'm guessing that Eddie Howe will find his way back into Premier League management again.
1: I think he will. Uh, I I think people will will, will football people will look and say, well, you did a great job. Uh, for five years under very, very difficult circumstances. I think if he holds on, we we all know once the next season starts again, after ten matches, there'll be people looking for at least five managers. Well, that's the way it goes. Mm -hmm. Somebody has to be bottom of the league. Everybody can. You get the bottom four, bottom five. They they panic then. And I think he's built up enough, his reputation enough, to get a reasonable job. But three years ago, or two years ago, If he he gave up Poland, he he would certainly be in with a better chance of getting a better job. But I think think his reputation is still quite high. And it's a shame that it's happened the way it did because he's he's done a great job there. For a number of years
0: yeah the nature of modern football will probably have uh, plenty of sackings early in the new season which is just yes. five weeks away now at this point it's amazing uh, how short the actual break we have uh john we've got football you know just continuing on at the moment too because we've got the champions league and uh, europa league which is happening man city are in action against real madrid tomorrow in the champions league they're two on up after winning at the burn about what was mm. over five months ago now they won back in february uh, that night mm. when kevin de bruyne was so good against real madrid are you expecting that Man City are going to progress against Spanish champions tomorrow night?
1: It's impossible to know. Will I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to evade the, the question. I, I, I would, but everything is topsy-turvy with the long delay that they've had in these in these particular matches. Uh, so, looking at Madrid, Real Madrid on the night, I, I would definitely fancy City to go through. But I wouldn't, well, I don't gamble anywhere, but I wouldn't be putting much money on it because it's it, everything is so, so much has happened since the lockdown and the match is finished. Uh, you know, you saw the results in, in when, when the English teams, the Premiership got, got back in, into shape again. Some of the, re, the results were remarkable. Teams doing exceptionally well who had been doing poorly, like Burnley, for example, with a great run, Leicester having a terrible run. Uh, it's a long time to be off. Um, but they, they were very good in Madrid, but that was, you say, was it four months ago, five yeah. months ago? So it's difficult to know, but they, they do have the advantage of the goal. so And that's a, that's a huge advantage in tight matches like this. If I was a City fan, I'd be keeping my fingers crossed, Will.
0: Yeah, well, Sergio Ramos is suspended, which might help uh, City a little bit too. In terms of City, John, they've been splashing the cash. Uh, they got over their financial fair play problems, so they've been able to go back into the transfer market again. Mm. They brought two players in, in uh, Ferran Torres, who's been very good for Valencia, the young Spanish winger this season, and Nathan Aki, the Dutch defender, has joined from Bournemouth for £42 million. Pounds. Mm. Uh, City have spent a lot of money on that defence, John. I know you were saying last week you're not entirely convinced that Nathan Aki is the solution to their defensive problems.
1: Well, I think he's a very, 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 very good player for, for, for Bournemouth. definitely. Uh is he what City need? He's good, I think he's very good, but what they need is a Van Dyke, which is very difficult to get, or uh, you know, a really, really commanding centre centre forward or centre half. I think the lad from uh, um uh Italy, uh playing in the south of Italy, <laughs> I can't think of it oh, uh Coo- Coo of Valley, yeah,
0: for yeah, for Napoli, well, yeah.
1: There was talk about him. Now, he would be, from what I've seen of him, uh, Will, he'd be the man to go who can really dominate that defence. I'm not so sure Aki can. I think he's good. But is he good for Manchester City in that position and what's needed? I have my doubts.
0: Yeah, it's a big step up, John. It's difficult for any player to go from you know, where he was at Chelsea and he was a young player with their academy, went to Bournemouth, flourished in the first period he was at Bournemouth, then had a difficult season this year given that Bournemouth had to do a lot of defending. It's a big swap from that uh, to being a commanding centre-half in Man City's defence.
1: Oh, definitely. Like Van, van, van Dijk was the ideal. He, he had a reputation. you know. There's no doubt about that. And, and, and has done the job, which was badly needed at, at Liverpool. I, w- I, w- I wouldn't... I wouldn't be putting any money on Aki Bean. being certainly not as good as those particular players that is needed. Mm. He is good, and he was, he was exceptionally good for, for Bournemouth. But Bournemouth were, well, they were relegated, but they, they were never going to be in the position that City are in. And I think City really need the top-class defender and, uh, that they've been missing uh, since company went.
0: Yeah, I get the feeling Pep is not finished with his spending for this summer period. Uh, they've got until the end of October to bring in recruits. John is going to stick with us. We're going to take a very short break. We're looking at the rest of the Champions League when we come back.
1: Paddy Power, as much a part of Irish football as spending a nine-month loan spell at Preston North End.
0: Well, the Champions League and Europa League coming back this week. We've got action all across the weekend as we head into the mini tournaments in both Germany and in Portugal, uh, which get underway from next Monday. Manchester United are going to be in action against FC Copenhagen in the quarterfinals of the Europa League. We'll see what happens with Man City in the Champions League tomorrow night when they take on the La Liga champions, Real Madrid, to see if they can progress into the next round. Chelsea have an almost impossible task on Saturday when they go away to the German champions, Bayern Munich, 3-0 down uh, from the first line and also Chelsea licking their wounds after their defeat in the FA Cup final last weekend. Republic of Ireland legend John Giles is with us. Uh, John of course a legend of Leeds too. I was just thinking John when we're talking about European football coming back you've played in a a European final for Leeds. Uh, When you were going from playing in the division one in terms of England into playing into Europe how much of a change was it actually switching from the league to playing possibly even different styles of teams within the European Cup?
1: Well, I didn't find it that much uh, different, uh, to be quite honest, Will. You know, a game of football is a game of football, and I think it's, it can be exaggerated. You know, you go away, whether it be Germany or anywhere else, you're still playing on a football pitch, uh, and that's it. You go and play. Uh, you could be a little bit more defensive than you normally are. But uh, like most of, the, most of our players had experience of European football at international level and that, you know. Mm. Uh, so it, it wasn't... I don't think so. There wasn't any great change where you could, you know, whether you go to Turkey or Germany or Italy, you're playing against terrific players. Uh, and like you find a terrific player in, in, in Germany or Italy, no different to a German, to a terrific player in, in England or Wales or Ireland or of Irish descent. You know what I mean, Will?
0: And I'd imagine as well, John, when you were going into those European Cup campaigns, the fact that you'd played in the Intercity Fairs Cup with Leeds and then you're winning the first division and going into the European, I assume the experience of having played in the Intercity tournament in the late 60s probably had to be a big help when you were going into your European runs too.
1: Well, well, it was, but in those days it was the Intercity Fairs Cup and it was a very, very high competition. It wasn't like uh, where, where, where Manchester United are playing... Uh, tomorrow or that, uh, well, this was a tough and I'll tell you why the, the, to, to qualify for it in the old days, uh, you had to win the league to qualify for the Champions, what's now the Champions League which was the European Cup right, so you finished second or third, you went into the InterCities cities Fairs Cup right, so I'm talking about now from Leeds time, we won the Inter-Cities Fairs Cup twice and we got into a final another time right, but you had to win the league to go into the European Cup so we we got we won uh you know the 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 the, sorry, the first cup twice and we were in the league. so, so when we played in, the, in what was the European league the teams that we played in in the first cup were just as good as the teams in the european cup mm. do you know what I mean
0: I'd imagine for Manchester United, the likes of Lask and Copenhagen don't compare uh, to what they would be playing in the Champions League. They're back in the Champions League for next season, John, given that they've qualified through the yeah. league to play in the competition. Yeah. I kind of wonder for the Europa League now, aside from Ole Gunnar Solskjaer wanting to get a trophy as manager, players want to win competitions anyway, but I wonder if the motivation is slightly different for United now, John, compared to three years ago under Jose Mourinho, where they had to win the competition to try and qualify for the Champions League.
1: Well, well, I think I think uh, Salciar'd like to like to win it anyway. I, I think you'll find with any manager, whether it's uh, uh, Mourinho or anybody else, when he won that, he made it. A comp- he made it in his own head and to the supporters, a major competition. You know, it's, it's, when you're winning it from a manager's point of view and a supporters' point of view, it's a major competition. If you're not in it, it's it's, it's a Mickey Mouse competition, according to them. But I think Salciar said, I think he'd like to get a trophy. Of any description, mm. to be quite honest, you know,
0: Alexis Sanchez, and, uh,
1: and, qual- and they have qualified, as you say. Yeah, but you'd like to qualify, you know, for for this particular competition. You know, you're out of the top four. You can, it's 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 not like the the, the first cup that we played in at Leeds. Will, uh, was very very hard to qualify. You had to finish in the top three. Mm. If you wanted to play in the Champions League, what was then the Champions League, or is the Champions League now? You had to win it. You know, you had to win it. Now you can get it if you finish in fourth place. Now you get into the into the champ, into the Champions League. Yeah, that's that's the that's the difference. Alexis. The Europa League is a different thing altogether. It's very much a. Uh, uh, uh way down the list really on on european competitions
0: yeah i was just thinking john alexis sanchez finally has got his move away uh from manchester United to Inter milan he's proved to be very expensive in terms of his wages a player coming in potentially in Jaden sancho is probably going to be very expensive for manchester United to bring him in he's been very good since he left man city to go to borussia dortmund but it looks if reports are true that it's going to cost around 100 million pounds to bring him back Mm. It's become an interesting pathway, these players going to Germany from England, John, because when they go there, whether it's Stu Bellingham going in the same direction from Birmingham to Borussia Dortmund, they know if they perform, they can come back to England on big money.
1: Well, well, it's, it shows you how much it's changed. Well, and I'll go back to my time. When I signed a contract at 17, you actually signed for life, you know, and it was a maximum wage anyway. But if I was dealing with Matt Busby at that particular time and, I, and my contract had run out, and I said, and that was only between 15 quid and 20 quid. Uh, you know, I won 17 quid. He could say, no, I'm not paying you that. And I said, well, I'm not. I'm not going to. I don't. Want to, I'm not going to sign any manager. You know, the manager had to say, well, that's okay, but you can't play for anybody else. And how it's changed now. Like this, as a, the lad as a kid, he's always an outstanding player. Could tell Manchester City, Manchester City, he was going, whether they liked it or not, he was going. Now I know there's a 50 million. Uh, uh, fee to Manchester City for that but he's coming back for a million mm. a million, 100 million quid do you know, <laughs> and how it's changed and obviously he would have an agent uh, to, to be getting terms now, uh, that he, he might not even be in the first team at Manchester City even now, Will do you know what I mean, so he's in a position to demand big wages maybe a cut of the fee from uh, from Dortmund, is it Dortmund is that?
0: Yeah, he's at Dortmund currently, yeah
1: you know, so times have changed in a big way for the player. But he looks to be an outstanding player, to be fair. And if he's an outstanding player and, and he does what he should do, then he'd be, he'd be worth the money to Manchester United.
0: I wonder as well, John, is it going to lead to more players making that trip to leave Premier League clubs where maybe they feel they're not going to get an opportunity because the big clubs have got you know, so many established players. For Jaden Sancho, he would have had to get in ahead of four or five players who would have been ahead yes. of him in Man City. I wonder if they'll be attracted to go abroad to try and come back if they see oh. that the English teams are willing to buy them back.
1: No doubt. Well, I mean, if, if, if the, see most, all, the, all those young lads now have agents. And of course, I've seen how they do it now. This kid has done it and you've seen it. The agents will know now. They have enough standing playing at, at uh, Chelsea or Manchester City or anybody else for that matter. Right? They, they, they just said, let your contract run out. And that, and they can go. The young players can go now. And now that, that that trend has been set, I think you'll see more doing it well, definitely.
0: John, I'd never be rude enough to ask you what you think you would have been worth in the current transfer market, but... I'm thinking, say, someone like Bobby Charlton, who you've spoken about uh-huh. as one of the best players you've ever seen, or Billy Brenner, yeah. who you would have played beside. I, I yeah. assume if they were on a transfer market with the kind of money now, they'd be 100 million players, would they?
1: No. <laughs> Ch- well, Bobby Charlton was the best player I ever played with or against. And Billy was a terrific player. But Bobby, Bobby Charlton is just out of this world. Uh, you know, he's a record goal scorer for England, record goal for Manchester United, and a midfield player will. You know, he scored about 270 goals for Manchester United, but he was a genuine midfield player. He wasn't a, a midfield player going, going up front and that. This was mm-hmm. him, Bobby, Dooner, on his own, beating players, shooting from uh, 40 yards out with either foot. This, this fellow, like 100 million. Whew, no chance. Yeah. 200 million minimum.
0: We're talking name our money here. John, thanks a million for uh, joining okay, us as well, always.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Paddy Power. As much a part of Irish football as celebrating a home draw.
0: The OTV Podcast Network with Virgin Media. Catch all of the UEFA Champions League and Europa League games live on Virgin Media TV.